Good morning, my friend. It is Throwback Thursday. Going to bring you an episode we did a while back called Paper Losses. It's a great talk about um, how not to panic when things seem uh, like they're struggling. Um, there's so much uncertainty right now in the financial world and the markets. There's hurricanes. But by the way, please be praying for our friends in South Florida. There's a lot going on with Hurricane Ian, and we are we're pulling for you and praying for you. And and uh, today we're going to go back to paper losses. I got surgery this morning. We're praying for you. Don't forget drleewarren.substack.com is the newsletter, and you can leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash drleewarren. If you have anything to say or add comments to the podcast, we love you. We're pulling for you and hope to see you on the prayer wall, wleewarren.com slash prayer. Here's a paper losses throwback Thursday episode. We'll be back with something new for you tomorrow. God bless you, friend. Have a great day. Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. It's 4.30 in the morning. Um, I got to tell you, this is the at least the fifth time I've tried to sit down and record this episode, but we had our best month by far, best month of the podcast ever last month, and um, something happened that challenged my confidence a little bit. It's It's a crazy thing how the devil does that, right? You have some, you start to see some evidence that God is finally getting you where he wanted you to be and then fear comes in or, or something happens and, you, and you, your confidence gets shaken and I had a little bit of that um, earlier in the week and I kept trying to bring this episode to you I thought I had something that I wanted to bring to you and I recorded the entire thing on Wednesday morning to release and I just the Lord just stopped me he said it's not ready it's, you don't have that message right yet that's just not what I want you to bring out and so I stopped, and I re-recorded it twice in its entirety yesterday, and it still wasn't ready to go. It, there's just something missing, and now I know what it was. I <laughs> I had uh, a couple of amazing emails this week, um, and it, and it kind of just reframed my thinking and added what I needed to get this word to you that I'm sure is from the Lord. There's, there's some stuff um, that I think is really going to help you that we're going to talk about today. And also... Um, on uh, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, I received an email in the morning um, that was pretty challenging for me. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to do an episode about it at some point, but pretty challenging. Uh, a gentleman wrote um, and kind of uh, had some some hard things to say about um, uh, his opinion of, of some of the things that I'm doing spiritually and, and and some of the things that I talked about in my book that he doctrinally disagreed with, and it was just kind of challenging. We have. Uh, some people in the body of Christ that uh, when we talk about the Lord's army, they think that means we're supposed to shoot each other uh, <laughs> instead of, uh, you know, fighting the enemy. Um, anyway, so that was kind of challenging, and it always kind of takes you back when somebody um, says something really super negative to you. Um, but later that same day, I received another email. This is just a, such a God thing. Later that same day, Lisa and I received an email from a beautiful young lady. She's 23. Her name is Esther. She lives in Canada. And Esther has shared her story with us before. It's an amazing story that hopefully someday I can share with you if I get her permission. Um, but Esther has uh, uh, found the Lord again. She grew up knowing him and kind of had a few really rough years, and now she's found him again. And she gave us some credit for the podcast and the books that, that have helped her and, and helped her kind of find uh, some hope again and um, said some really nice things. And But then she shared a video link and she said, I just, I don't know why I feel like I need to share this with y'all, but I want you to see it. 
and it was her church service last weekend in Canada uh, in which she was baptized. And so she sent this uh, amazing little video. They, they took her testimony. She gave her public testimony, and then she was baptized. And, and now she's a, a fully uh, invested member of the body of Christ. And I just uh, hope that you'll take a second today, wherever you are, to pray for your new sister in Christ, Esther. She got a lot of um, good people around her there uh, where she lives in Canada. But as you know, uh, if, if you know the Lord and if you've ever tried to really make major changes in your life, like we're doing in Mind Change March, uh, there will be challenges for her. So I'm just asking you to rise up and join in the, in the spiritual warfare for Esther that uh, she might be blessed and have an amazing and long, successful walk with the Lord and that she'll do great things in his kingdom and in her life. And before we get started with today's episode, I, the, the thing that was holding me back, I think, um, has been lifted, number one, by Lisa uh, praying for me and helping me reframe my thinking as we get into Mind Change March, and I've had a little bit of trouble getting started. Um, but I also got the, I subscribed to an email from John Swanson every day. Um, I've told you about him before, but John Swanson is a hospital chaplain and pastor, um, uh, Dr. John Swanson, he's got a PhD. He's been on the podcast a couple of times before, um, and he's in Indiana. And he writes a little blog called 300 Words a Day. And the website is 300 Words a Day. It's the number 300-300-WORDSADAY.COM. It's all smashed together, 300WORDSADAY.COM. That's one of the things that I try to read every day because he's always got a little word that's just really helpful. I'm going to take a drink of coffee. Hang on. It's my black silk helping me get my voice under control this morning. John wrote yesterday... um, uh, a little blog that he does, like I said, every day. And that one just, it, it the thing that was holding me back, getting my brain right to record what we're going to talk about today, I just had felt a little sense of illegitimacy. Um, like, like I didn't, I had this message, but I didn't feel like, I didn't believe in it. I, I didn't believe that it was my voice uh, to, to bring it to you somehow. I don't know why I was thinking that way. But I think that's, uh, like I said, I think that's spiritual warfare. And John came right at the right moment with this email, and I didn't read it until last night. And then I get up this morning, and I'm ready to go. Uh, And here's the email. Uh, John said, um, Peter used the example of Jesus who did great work, including healing people, proclaiming spiritual freedom, and offering hope. He was attacked for this and eventually killed. The attack came because he claimed that his authority was from God, that his identity was God. He followed his path of good work, and that led to his death, Peter says, for us. He did it for us. As I was reflecting about this, John said, I thought, what if we ask God to help each other do great work? What if we ask God to help each other do great work? For me to ask God to help you to be faithful in your work, regardless of whether it gets noticed to be astonishingly creative, to be able to respond with graciousness when people are foolish, to find connections between people and ideas and problems and solutions that no one has been able to think of before, to be accurate about the numbers in our accounting sheets when we're tired, to be kind even when we're changing the 14th bedpan of the day. I mean, God knows stuff, and if we ask for insight, He can give it. If we ask for wisdom, He can give it. If we ask for patience or delight or perseverance, He can build it in us. So that's what I'm asking on your behalf I just thought you all should know that. John came with that amazing message where he flipped the script. Instead of praying for God to bless him and his work, 
He's praying that God will bless me and my work and you and your work to, to be astonishingly creative, to be able to handle it when people criticize you. And when you put your life out there and people say hard things that hit you right in the heart and, and get to some of those old places where the church may have hurt you in the past, you need to be able to bounce back from that. And, and all of a sudden you realize that somebody's praying for you out there to clear that stuff up, that God would just make a way for you. That's that's what we need to be doing for each other, friend. And I'm going to tell you right now, you've got that in me and Lisa. We are praying for you. And that's why we created the prayer wall at the at the, at the website, wlewarnmd.com slash prayer. There's an amazing little community, over 100 people now back and forth every day praying for each other sharing their their prayer requests and answering letting us know when prayers have been answered and and clicking the button that says i prayed for this and somebody gets an email and tells you that hey somebody prayed for you just now for this thing that you posted we are out there as part of a family even though we've never met each other face to face most of us who are now connected through the, the spirit through the, the the blood and love of jesus christ and we're helping each other and john is praying for me and for you that we'll do great work. And that's what I'm praying for you today, friend, that you'll do great work today because God has stepped in and given you what you need to get through whatever you have to do today or whatever you're facing today. Thank you, John, for that. John Swanson, 300wordsaday.com. I can't encourage you highly enough to check it out. His work has been immensely valuable to me and his friendship um, has been immensely, immensely valuable to me. And he's uh, the... The, the Pastor John in my book, I've seen the interview. I, I named him John um, because uh, to make a little bit of honor towards John Swanson and how useful and helpful he's been to me in my life. So check it out, 300wordsaday.com. Hey, listen, there's a lot going on in the world right now. Uh, a lot of people are nervous. The markets are up and down. People are losing money in their stock in their investments right now. People are scared a little bit about where the country's going. The, the economy's not doing what it has been doing for the last four years, and people are nervous. There's a lot happening, and and so I want to bring you a thought today about an investing term that's called paper losses. Paper losses. Paper losses are where something on paper looks like it's less valuable than it was the day before. And in your brain, if you don't understand that a paper loss is not really a loss until you sell it at a lower price than where you bought it, then that that can get in your brain. It can create panic and it can cause you to make bad decisions with your investments. And you can make a real disaster out of something that was just on paper. And I'm going to talk about that. And this episode is not about money. But it's one of those times when we have to talk about one thing to get to the heart of something else. And so we're going to do that today. We're going to talk about how not to make a real disaster out of the paper losses in your life. And as always, Tommy Walker is going to help us start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it, and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is, you can start today. 
Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Hey, you remember James Clear's quote that I uh, showed you last time? He said, Rome wasn't built in a day, but they were laying bricks every hour. Now, we're getting into this 93-mile march, and I told you um, the day we started that my cousin Will and I had agreed we're going to do 5K, 3.12 miles every day during March. Well, I had a screeching halt to that. I did I did my 5K on Monday. I did my 5K on Tuesday. Wednesday, I got interrupted. I only got a mile and a half. So I thought, well, no problem. I'll knock out four and a half on Thursday. Well, guess what? Some guys came to town. I forgot we had meetings. And uh, my old friend Rob Brooks from Alabama came to show us some new products. And, and uh, Rob, Rob was in town. We had lunch. We met with these other folks. And by the end of the day, we just didn't get it done. So now I have a 4.5-mile deficit to make up because I have committed to Will that we're going to get this 93-mile march done. So now i got to ask you for prayers about that. i got a little bit of work to do to catch up, right? <clears throat> so I don't know where you are on Mind Change March, but I'm certain that some things have been challenging for you. And I just want to remind you that you, you can't build the city in one day. You can't change your body in one day. You can't change your, your whole financial future in one day. But you better start laying some bricks, right? You better start getting after it. And if you're behind, make it up. Work a little bit harder. You can do it. Just don't give up, right? Don't say, well, I messed up March. I got to wait till April. No, start today. That's a pretty smart guy that we both know once started a podcast that he called You Start Today because that's what you do. If you, if you have a problem, if you have a challenge, if you have a day where you don't make it, then just do a little bit more the next day. Don't try to kill yourself. Just get after it, right? Now, let's get down to business. We're 17 minutes into an episode. We haven't gotten down to business yet. I'm sorry. But I had a lot on my mind. There's been a lot of talk about the stock market. It's just, it's not performing like we've gotten used to. We got a little spoiled in the last four years. The market just kept going up. And even during COVID, we had a little route, a little problem in March, and it just came back. And, and, and so we've gotten a little spoiled with that. And now we're seeing that leadership really does matter. And, and we're seeing some fluctuation in the market and people aren't sure what's happening. And so every day, if you're the kind of person who looks at what's happening financially, if you've got a stock account or you are concerned about those sorts of things, you'll notice that one day you make a little bit of money, the next day you lose a whole bunch. It just it's fluctuating. But I want to remind I want to remind you if you've known before or teach you if you haven't known that daily fluctuations in the stock market are not real gains and losses for you. Not right. Not right then. Because there's something that you have to understand. If you own an asset, if you own a stock, if you own a car, if you own a bar of gold, if you own a, a, a rookie Wayne Gretzky card like my, my son-in-law Nate has, that's a whole other story. But Nate is an amazing collector of valuable things and he has a knack for finding them 
very cheaply and turning them into valuable investments. And he has a Wayne Gretzky rookie card that he bought for a couple hundred bucks. It's now worth four or $5,000. That's a wise investment. It's not just a baseball or not just a hockey card. It's, a, it's actually an investment that he's made. But when you have an asset like a stock or something that you own, if, if the market changes a little bit one day to the next, then sometimes you can buy something. Let's say you bought a stock that cost a hundred dollars, or a, a bar of a piece of a piece of a bar of gold that was worth one hundred dollars today, and then you wake up tomorrow and you turn on the news and you see something happened overnight. There's a pandemic, or there was a war, or there was a, a company that didn't perform well, and all of a sudden the market is fluctuating. And that thing that you bought for a hundred dollars yesterday, today people are selling and buying for fifty dollars then you're going to say in your brain, holy cow, I lost $50, $50. I lost half of my money. But the fact is, you didn't actually lose it unless you sell it for that lower price. Does that make sense? That's a paper loss. It, it's a loss on paper only. And if you just wait, most of the time, eventually, those things sort themselves out and they figure out that the pandemic's not going to kill us all or they fill out, figure out that the war's not really going to start or whatever, the politician's really not going to do this thing or that thing or the Federal Reserve's not going to raise interest rates or they are, then eventually those things tend to sort themselves out. So the problems happen sometimes when people don't have time to wait. Like it happened in 2008 when the financial crisis happened. My father-in-law and I were talking about this. Like if you were at the age where you were about to retire or if you'd already retired and all the money you had was in a was in an, a 401k or an IRA or something, if that's all you had and all of a sudden it was worth half of what it was the day before and you don't have time to wait for the market because you would depend on that income and you're drawing some of it out every month to live on, that's a real deal, right? That's That's a big problem. But let's just say for the sake of argument, for the purposes that we're hearing today, Let's say that, that you're not in that situation and you're just checking your E-Trade account or you're just checking the value of whatever this is. It's not really a loss to you unless you sell it, unless you cash out, unless you give up while things are volatile and you're scared. And so to talk about that a little bit, to talk about this idea of paper losses, I want to tell you a story about two friends of mine. One is my brother-in-law, real life Ronnie, Ronnie Gombert, brilliant guy. And I'm going to call him Rested Ronnie, Rested Ronnie, and I'll tell you why in a minute. And the other person, I'm not going to tell you who they really are because I don't want to hurt their feelings because they're an amazing person, but but I'm going to talk about an aspect of their character that's going to help you understand this paper loss issue. So I'm not going to identify them by gender or real name, but I'm just going to use a male pronoun, and we're going to call this person my other friend who I dearly love. We're going to call him Sweaty Sam, Okay. Sweaty Sam. So we're going to talk about Rested Ronnie and Sweaty Sam. Now, this episode is not about money. You know, sometimes when you're talking and somebody will say, hey, not to interrupt you, but, and then they go on to interrupt you. You know what I mean? They say not to interrupt, not to change the subject, but, and then they go on to do the thing they said not that they were not doing. This is sort of what we're doing today. We're not talking about money, but we're going to talk about money because I need to get you on the same page with me to make the point that we're going to try to make today, okay? It's a story about money to make a point that we're going to make about life that I think is going to help you do some self-brain surgery. And it might even give you some bonus financial brain surgery along the way, depending on how you're wired financially. But before I tell you the story of Rested Ronnie and Sweaty Sam, I'm going to give you some background. There's an online uh, website that's pretty useful if you're interested in financial things. The Motley Fool is an investing website, fool.com, F-O-O-L 
Com. And I've been reading them for years. I, I, I did not think about money growing up. My my parents were wise. They were savvy. My dad made a good living and, and did a good job and all of that. But I just had this aversion to talking about money. I didn't, I didn't, didn't like it. I didn't think about it. And I, and I had a notion that income meant wealth. I didn't understand that how much money you make is not the same thing as how much money you have. And I always in my brain, I was going to be a doctor. I knew I was going to make a good living. And I just never cared about it, never worried about it. And that created some problems for me in my life. And someday we'll talk about some of those things probably. But I, I had to learn as I got older about investing and about budgeting and about finance and, and all those things. And it's been a, a lot of fun to learn these things in my adult life. And so I was, years ago started reading and learning and studying and trying to get better at managing money because I want to leave behind something for my grandkids that, that empowers them and breaks some generational issues and, 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 and helps people in the future. And to be on and to be, you know, a good steward of what God has given us. Lisa and I are committed to being good financial stewards. So we read the Motley Fool as one of the sites that we look look at. And there's a good article about the psychology of investing. And I want to read this to you. There's a guy named Morgan Housel that wrote a great book called The Psychology of Money. Can I can recommend it. Uh, but he wrote a little article on the Motley Fool, and let me just read it to you. When good skills are mixed with bad behavior. It's the behavior that dominates. And let me tell you, investing is the same. Intelligence is a hard analytical skill. Behavior is a softer, mushier kind of advantage. We tend to focus more on skill than on behavior because it's easier to measure and seems more rigorous. But behavior, I think you'll see, is the side of the equation that matters most. It's not that behavior is more important than intelligence. Intelligence is wonderful, but even a little poor behavior can neutralize a lot of intelligence. I'm going to read that again. Even a little poor behavior can neutralize a lot of intelligence. You can be the best stock picker in the world, but if you panicked and sold in March of 2020 or in 2008 when it felt like the economy was falling apart, none of your stock intelligence mattered because you lost your money. Understanding the technical mechanics of how investing works, what technology is promising, and how the economy functions are important parts of becoming a great investor. But none of those things matter until you can master a handful of key behavioral mindsets. Here they are. Here are the three key behavioral mindsets that Morgan Housel wants us to master. Number one, accept and endure volatility while remaining optimistic about the long run. Number two, keep your expectations in check and live below your means. Number three, prepare for surprise. Let me read them again. Accept and endure volatility while remaining optimistic about the long run. Keep your expectations in check and live below your means and prepare for surprise. Now, that sounds an awful lot like the five true things that I told you about in the last episode. Remember I told you my friend Clay that we met in Florida shared with me a book by David Richo called Five True Things, A Little Guide to Embrace Life's Big Challenges. Now, in the context of what I just told you from Morgan Housel, accept and endure volatility, accept and endure volatility while remaining optimistic about the long run. Keep your expectations in check and live below your means and prepare for surprise. He's talking about money. Remember what David Richo said about life. Everything changes and ends. Things don't always go according to plan. Life is not always fair. Pain is a part of life. And people are not loving and loyal all the time. Don't they sound awfully familiar? If you change your approach to your struggles, David Richo said, you can find deep happiness. 
And Morgan Housel said, if you embrace these things, if you prepare for surprise, then you can actually be successful as an investor. So I want you to start seeing the psychology of investing and the psychology of handling hard things in a similar vein. You'll become a better investor if you do. You'll also become more resilient and better at life. This is the home run sentence when Morgan Housel said, I'm sorry, when David Richo said, by changing our approach to our struggles, we can find deep happiness. That's the home run sentence. I could pretty much stop right there. Change your approach, change your mind, you will change your life. That's where the self-brain surgery comes into place, right? Let me read you Morgan Housel's sentence, the, the, the paragraph that came next. He said this, Amid a backdrop of long-term progress is a never-ending chain of bad news. Recessions, bear markets, financial crises, pandemics, wars, disasters, job losses, and business failures. They are normal. They happen. They keep happening. There's nothing you can do about it. If you're prepared, you'll be fine. Now, friend, this is exactly why I'm writing Infinitely Happier, and it's because of the quantum physics of Jesus' dual promises. Now, let me back up. Early in the Dr. Lee Warren podcast, episode four or five, back in the early days, I did an article, I did a, a story about quantum physics. Now, you don't have to be a math major to understand this, but, but when you look at the normal world, there's some, there's some principles and laws that you understand. If I'm looking at my pair of shoes on my desk that are reminding me that I need to get on the Peloton in a few minutes, I'm looking at those shoes and they are in one place. I know exactly where they are. But on the quantum level, down at the at the micro, 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 electron microscope level, an electron can actually be in two places at once, essentially. That's a quantum physics principle that makes everything work. That's how you have a television and can put a man on Mars. That's, that's how I'm talking to you wirelessly over your device right now. At quantum physics is how the universe runs at the very, very tiny levels, and, they, and it's different than the observable universe. The rules are different down there. The math is different, and that's why it takes really, really smart people to figure that stuff out, and aren't we glad that they did? But the quantum physics tells us that an electron can be in two places at once, and that's the secret to understanding what Jesus was saying and the fact that Jesus is telling the truth when in the book of John he said two things in this world you will have trouble and I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly so I, I just want to help you understand that's a quantum concept that you can have a you will have a hard life as Housel said you're going to be there's going to be bear markets and recessions and financial crises and pandemics and wars and David Richo is saying there's going to be cancer there's going to be divorce there's going to be bankruptcy all of these things they're going to happen so okay don't set your life don't set your ability to be happy and have a high quality of life and your peace of mind on requiring that you have an easy life because you are not going to. You are not going to have an easy life. And as soon as you understand that, then you can say, okay, Jesus said, I'm going to have a hard time, but he said he also came here and went through all of this so that I could have an abundant life. Those seem impossible. Seems like a like, like a Hobson's choice, but it's not. It's, it's true that you can have both, and that's why I'm doing Infinitely Happier. That's why we're building you an app. That's why I'm doing this podcast, because I want you to be the person who can land in that spot and say, yes, it's hard. Yes, I'm happy. I want to help you to be able to accept that it's hard. You're going to get past that, and you're going to be happy anyway. Now, what in the world does that have to do with Rested Ronnie and Sweaty Sam? Well, let me tell you. Ronnie sleeps like a baby. My brother-in-law, Ronnie, works for a large corporation, and he works in the finance area, and he makes billion-dollar investments for this corporation. 
big money. I mean, his department involves moving tons of money around, and he is a wise and gifted financial guy. But because of that, he's he's limited by federal law in the types of investments that he can personally make for his own family. Ronnie can't open an E-Trade account and buy stocks or, or put money in Bitcoin. He can't do those things because he's required to basically obtain permission from the federal government anytime he wants to make a personal investment. So instead of that, he's allowed to invest in a certain group of mutual funds and index funds and things that the company has that are approved for him to put his money into. So Ronnie has an automated investment plan. His whole career he's been putting part of his money away, and he just he just gives that amount of money every month into his investment account, and guess what? He sleeps like a baby. Ronnie doesn't have to worry about what the stock he bought yesterday and now it's not as not worth as much or what's happening in the market. He's just going to have faith that the market generally works out. Because the reality is, if you look at a graph of the average returns of the Standard & Poor 500 to the U.S. stock market from 1900 to 2000, the fact is a dollar invested in 1900 was worth about $23,000 in, in the year 2000. In other words, during a century in which we had a recession, a Great Depression, two world wars, Vietnam, Korea, all of that stuff happened in 100 years. A dollar invested was worth $23,000 100 years later. So first of all, when you hear something like that, you say, great, why were my great-great-grandparents not buying stocks? <laughs> why were they not investors? Everything would be different if a couple of generations back had been investors. But since they weren't, we have to make a decision now. So as an aside, get yourself invested in the market, okay? If you want to have a successful future for you and your kids and your grandkids, then get yourself in the market, now, not everybody should be buying stocks or buying bonds or doing that stuff individually, but you need to be putting money in your company's 401k. If you have one, take advantage of it. If you don't, you need a financial advisor. You need a Betterment account. You need some way to be getting some money out of your checking account and stop buying junk with it and start investing for the future with it. It will grow over time and it will take care of you and your family down the road. That's a biblical principle of multiplying what God has given you. And if you want to have peace of mind and future success and break the chain of poverty and debt in your life, you need to be investing in the market. Get in the market, okay? Give 10% to God before you do anything else. If you do that and then you give 10% to yourself to put in the market and then live off of 80% or less of your income, you will never have to worry about money again eventually. That's a biblical principle. It's true. Get after it. Okay, Ronnie, because he doesn't have to worry about the day-to-day fluctuations in the market and he can just trust that it generally works out, he doesn't have stress in his life around that personal finance piece. He sleeps like a baby. But Sweaty Sam is the polar opposite. Now, my friend Sweaty Sam like I said before, takes very good care of their family, is a good business person, makes a good amount of money and invests well and saves well and gives to their church and do all does all that. But they have another piece of their personality. This guy, again, I'm not saying who it is, has a, a knack for trading. He likes to get involved in in short-term investments and tries to, he's looking for that one where you put $1,000 in and you take $100,000 out. He's, look, he's always looking for that big investment, that big deal. And he, he likes to trade options. He makes short calls, and he does all kinds of things. Every day he's in the looking at what's happening with, with the market. 
and he'll text me and say, oh, man, I made a big short play on Tesla, and they're going up. I'm going to get hosed. Oh, did you see what happened with this, or did you read that? He's just always worried about it, and not in a good way. He's overly stressed about his investments all the time. Now, fortunately for him and his family, he is pretty good at it, and he actually does. He makes a fair amount of money in that side part of his life, but it causes him a lot of grief, and he doesn't have peace about it. He's sweating bullets about his positions all the time. The difference between Rested Ronnie and Sweaty Sam is that short-term paper losses drive Sweaty Sam insane, and he struggles with peace because he has a problem looking at the screen and seeing paper losses. Drives him nuts. Now, here's why this episode is not about money. Too many times we forget the statement that I said while ago from Housel. Housel said again, I'll read it again. Amid a backdrop of long-term progress is a never-ending chain of bad news. Recessions, bear markets, financial crises, pandemics, wars, disasters, job losses, business failures, they're normal. They happen. They'll keep happening. There's nothing you can do about it. But if you're prepared, that's fine. Now remember, there's always two things in play when the market is going down, friend. There are real economic forces like what the Federal Reserve is doing, what the big fund managers are doing, inflation, international events, all that. That's always real real stuff that's happening. And there's the psychology of human beings who are worrying about what other people are doing. Those are the two forces that are in play when the market's going down or going up. So one way to get out of your limbic system, to get out of that deep part of your brain where there's fight or flight and, and scared and fear and all those, those parts of your emotional brain, one way to get out of that is to remember to remember. That's a phrase I came up with, and I want you to think about it. Remember to remember. The market always recovers. Over a long period of time, everything generally works out and gets better. The truth is, and remember this, when you're looking at an, a stock and the price is falling, remember that that's not just a number on a screen. A stock represents an own, a piece of a real company that makes a product. For example, Apple. If Apple's stock price fell by 50% tomorrow, there would still be a company in California making iPhones and Apple Watches and Macs like, like I'm looking at right now when I'm talking to you. That company is still there. Those employees are still doing those things. The engineers are still making those great products, and they're still going to be in business. They've got orders on the books. You're going to want the next iPhone that comes out. Those companies are not disappearing every time the stock market drops a little bit. And so at the end of the day, that business is going to still produce the products and sell them to customers. And the stock price doesn't mean that the business is failing, right? So if you can get out of that scared part of your brain, you can say, hey, you know what? As the stock price gets cheaper, gets lower, actually that might create another buying opportunity for me. It might give me an opportunity to make a little bit more when it bounces back. Or maybe I'll just hold on because I know all these people are going to sell and then people are going to start buying. The price is going to come back up and I'm going to be okay. So while other people are panicking, you can start seeing opportunities or you can start getting peace of mind and knowing that it's going to turn back around. If you hold when everybody's selling and just relax because you know it's going to be okay eventually. Let your frontal lobe take over and remind you the truth. Remember to remember that there's a fundamental business out there that is solid. Let your frontal lobe take over. Just just keep that limbic, that emotional brain in check. And don't let the fear of the paper loss make you make a bad decision and sell it while it's falling and turn into a real disaster because two days later it's back up. That's what happened in 2020. 
Lots of people sold. They got scared because of the pandemic. They sold everything as it started falling. And then other people, other investors started buying. And people made a ton of money in 2020 because they bought when everybody else panicked. They stopped operating out of fear. They learned how to see paper losses for what they are. They're only on paper unless you sell them and turn them into real losses. Now, long term, if you struggle with anxiety over the daily movement of markets, just don't worry about it. Be more like Rested Ronnie. Get you an index fund or get you a money manager or call somebody you know who can handle that sort of thing better for you and just put it in an online service and just just invest but don't stress, right? Then you'll be more like Rested Ronnie. Here's the reality. When the economy is fluctuant, we know there are experts out there working on it. we got smart people doing all they can to make it right, to improve things. And generally, over time, it keeps getting better. And in real life, here's something you can know. You can have great confidence that you have the wisest, kindest, smartest, and most successful person in the history of the universe, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, right there in your corner, ready to come through and make everything right for you all the time. There's something that happens in markets often where they, the prices seem to be falling all day long and you're getting nervous, your paper losses are mounting, you're scared, and then all of a sudden the, there's a market rally late in the day and people start buying again and the prices go up. And sometimes you have this big rally and you end up finishing ahead in a day when it looked like you were behind. And it's a great turnaround. It's a late turnaround and you end up better off than you started, but those paper losses were bad at one point. And if you had sold, you would have been hosed. There's an amazing verse in Isaiah 43:19. Isaiah 43:19 that says, "I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland." There was a song written about that verse by Elevation Worship called "Do It Again," and they say, "You made a way when there was no way. You made a way when there was no way, and I know you can do it again." I've seen you move. You moved the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way. That's Isaiah 43, 19. God is the God who shows up when all seems lost and makes a way for you when there was no way. We often react to hard things by getting down, like I said before, into our limbic systems, into our amygdala. That's where fight or flight, that's where panic, that's where fear, that's where anxiety comes from to protect us, we think, from the hard things and scary things in life. We forget that we have these giant frontal lobes that God gave us that can override those fear responses and we can think our way through things. We can slip into fight or flight and that sometimes makes us lash out, cover up the pain with alcohol, forget to remember to remember, as I said before, and we forget that God will make a way when there is no way. We have a perfect biblical example of this in Asaph in Psalm 77. I want to go through it with you in a minute, but before we go there, I want to give you the first ever reverse commercial in the Dr. Lee Warren podcast. Now, the other day, Lisa and I were talking, and we talked about the fact that we don't we like that I don't have commercials on this podcast. You don't have to listen to somebody trying to sell you a car on my podcast. You don't have to hear that. But at the same time, there are some organizations that we believe in, that we donate our money to, that we love their mission, and we love what they're doing for the kingdom, for helping 
the Lord spread his message far and wide. And we've thought, you know, it would be really cool if we did kind of a reverse commercial. If we gave some of these organizations that we donate to an opportunity to have some space on our podcast so you could hear about some other good works and maybe you might want to get involved. Maybe you want to learn from them or take something from them that will help you in your walk. So this is kind of a reverse commercial. And the first one I want to tell you about is John and Lisa Bevere's organization, Messenger International, and their new app called Messenger X. So just let me take a little break from the podcast to tell you about this exciting thing called Messenger X. It's one word, Messenger and the letter X, a new discipleship app that you can download on your app store at no cost to you. There are billions of people across the globe that still don't have access to discipleship resources, Bibles and training materials to teach the gospel to people or help them help them manage their church or preach the sermons or teach the Bible classes. As a result, there are people living and dying without ever hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. Messenger X is going to change that. The platform has courses, sermons, books, audiobooks, podcasts, short films, all kinds of things to help you grow in your faith and grow closer to God. And the best part is they're not just available in English. They've developed these in more than a hundred different languages. So no matter where people are listening from, they can access life transforming truth in their own language for free. So search for Messenger X in your app store. One word, Messenger X. That's one word, no spaces. Messenger X in the Apple or Google Play Store. Download the app. Visit MessengerX.com today and check it out. My friend, this will help you. And also check out what they're doing and consider supporting them. The Bevere's organization is changing lives, eternal lives, changing the eternal destiny of people all over the world. Messenger X, check it out, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. Okay, not so bad for a commercial, right? A commercial that helps you, and you don't have to buy anything. Now, back to old Asaph in Psalm 77. And by the way, I'm giving you a long episode because I want, uh, I've got uh, several listeners, thousands of listeners who um, listen to this podcast while they do extended workouts and all that. So we're going to have every week short episode, uh, outpatient surgery, really quick things, and then some moderate half-hour episodes. But we're going to once in a while give you something long. This is going to be an hour or so. So old Asaph in Psalm 77, I want, I want you to be watching for two things in this passage. I call it the double whammy of fear, the oh no and the woe. The oh no and the woe. Watch for this. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject me forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Now notice what's happening here. Asaph is counting up his paper losses. Like he thinks everything's bad. Woe is me. Oh no, God's left us. He's all gone. There's a double whammy here. Oh no and woe is me. That's what starts happening when you're looking at your paper losses. Asaph is saying, God forgot us. He's left us. He's rejected us. He's never coming back. His unfailing love has vanished. Thanks a lot, God. Where'd you go? Woe is me, right? But then fortunately, Asaph snaps out of it. 
He doesn't panic sell, give up on God, kill himself, drink himself into oblivion. He doesn't get on the internet and look at porn. He doesn't ban, you know, divorce his wife and run away and, and, and go off into oblivion. He, he doesn't panic sell. He snaps out of it and he remembers to remember who God really is. And here's how he does it. He looks back. Verse 10, then I thought, wait, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will, re- I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works. I will meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You are the God who displays your power with your mighty army, redeemed your people. So here's what he did. He stopped panicking. He got out of his limbic system and got into his frontal lobe, and he remembered to remember that God comes through. God causes the late market rally. God causes the fourth quarter comeback. We have a God who snaps us out of trouble and rescues us, even when it seems impossible. He makes a way when there's no way. This is Moses in the Red Sea. The army's bearing down on him, and the people get right to the water's edge, and they're going to die basically the army's going to overcome them and they're going to get killed and god parts the waters and they walk across on dry land that's the god of the fourth quarter comeback this is the desert when the people are thirsty and god gives them water out of the rock he makes a way where there's no way they're starving and they're hungry and he gives them manna and quail to eat he makes a way where there was no way it's jericho the people are walking around and they think all is lost and there's no way they're going to be able to overcome this city and boom the walls fall down And by the way, historians say that when the Jericho walls fell, they fell in such a way that the walls that were keeping them out became ramps that allowed them to walk in. So God took the problem and made it the pathway. That's the fourth quarter comeback God. That's the God who doesn't let us lose with our paper losses. It's Joseph getting pulled out of prison at the last minute and ends up being the king. It's Daniel in the lion's den. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. It's Ruth finding Boaz and becoming Jesus' grandmother. It's Jesus calming the sea. Friend, it's the thief on the cross. It's the guy in the last minutes of his life. He's led a terrible life. He's been a criminal. He's been crucified. He's literally dying, and Jesus snaps him out of it and says, Hey, you're not taking this loss, buddy. I got you. I'm going to see you in paradise today. Our God doesn't let us lose. Even if we lose in this life, if our body dies of the cancer, we don't recover from the loss. Even if we do, remember at the end when all seems lost and everything is tough in the last days, there's going to be a trumpet. And when the trumpet sounds, we're all going to be okay. This is the God we serve, the God of the fourth quarter comeback. So stop cashing out your paper losses. When life seems to be bringing you something you cannot survive, when all seems lost, remember who makes a way when there is no way. Investors, the good ones, see the dips as opportunities. That's what Mind Change March is about, by the way. Oh, you're out of work? Good. Become an Uber driver. Learn a new skill. Sell on Amazon. Learn how to trade. Finally, write that book. If you have a little bit of time that God's given you, you can't find a job right now, do something else. Learn about investing. Learn, you know, find a new way to to do your thing, but keep taking care of your family. Oh, your relationship is on the rocks? Pray harder. Break the ice. Try again. I know there's some times when we can't get through them. I've been through a divorce. I know that. But you can always try to make it better. It's mind change March, right? Don't give up. Pray harder. Try again. Believe the fourth quarter comeback. Believe the market rally. Believe the trumpet's going to sound. Do you always win? No. But you're not going to just give up and cash out and take those paper losses and turn them into real disasters. 
like Sweaty Sam. You're not going to do that anymore. You're going to be more like Rested Ronnie. You're going to have faith. Keep up your hope. Look for the play that you're going to use to make your fourth quarter comeback because the coach is with you. Remember Habakkuk's secret, the old prophet in the Old Testament I told you about. It was self-brain surgery. He stopped stewing in the bad neurochemistry cancers of if only this had happened or when this would happen. And he swapped all that out for the very powerful though and yet. Though there's no food, yet I'm going to have hope. Though there's no sheep, yet I'm going to believe. Though this is happening, yet I'm going to be okay because you are still with me. Asaph swapped oh no and woe for remembering to remember who God really is. And you can do that to your paper losses. And if you do, you'll watch those red numbers turn black. You'll be sleeping like rested Ronnie before you know it because you changed your mind. And no more turning paper losses into real disasters, friend. It's mind change march. It's time to go. Panic selling is a fear response. And planning your comeback is a frontal lobe superpower. You have a God who makes a way when there is no way. He's good. He's for you. And he always will be. So let's get in our frontal lobes. Let's get out of our limbic system and get in our frontal lobes. Remember to remember who he is. Stop cashing out paper losses and making them real disasters, and we're going to win. Are you ready, friend? Are you ready to become healthier, feel better, and be happier? Are you ready to change your mind? There's only one thing left to do. You have to start today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.